this is the highlight of my week to be able to come out on Sunday morning and worship with other people. Uh, I, my whole thought this week has been on worship. I enjoyed worship so much uh, in these services. I enjoyed it this morning. Uh, but worship is not just about coming on Sunday morning and being in the pew, standing and clapping your hands or letting somebody praise and worship. However, many, many of God's people think that is worship. That's one phase of worship or one point of worship. But, but as a, uh, you and I, it's much, much more if we serve the Lord. I want to read you a couple of things, and the Lord will help me, and you'll pray for me. Maybe the Lord will give me something that I can speak to you about that you can take home with you this morning. Not, we're going to read some good thoughts, and, and you can take those home and chew on them. So throughout the Bible, we find worship is more. It's no more than an option than breathing. Uh, uh, can you imagine holding your breath for a week and try to breathe the whole week on the weekend? Just get that for a thought. It's no, worship is no more an option than eating or breathing. It should be a part of our makeup. If you stop doing either one, breathing or eating, you'll physically die. Stop worshiping, and you die spiritually. Coming to church won't do it for you. You can sit in your pew every Sunday that comes by and wind up and spend eternity in hell. We're God's children, and we need to understand there are some basic benefits here on earth for being God's children. And, that's I, and that thought is we get to worship him. And we worship him before we come to, to church, by the way. There's been many times in my life, and this don't cost you any extra, but there's, there's been many times in my life, especially when I was much younger and, and quicker tempered than I am as I've gotten older, that uh, I've left home in, a, in the wrong spirit, I hate to admit, but I was determined to come to church. And, and maybe it had been just one and I'd had an intense discussion, or maybe it, it had something else had gone haywire, Hayward before I got here, but I realized somewhere along the way between home and here, if I was going to get anything out of service, I had to pull up the side of the road and, and have a talk with the Lord and, and ask the devil uh, to move out. Matter of fact, I did more than ask him. I, I told him he had to leave. Just stopping sometimes like that and letting the Lord talk to you and, and inviting the devil out of your car will help you to get ready to worship when you come here. See, because we need to be worshiping the Lord every day of our life uh, and every facet of our life. And when we allow the enemy to, to deal with us in a way that he likes to deal with us to trouble our mind, we're not worshiping the Lord when we put up with it. And we don't have to put up with it. And so I've stopped him asking him to, to just get out and let me alone. If you don't worship, I mean truly worship, not simply just attend the weekend service. You'll never experience God in your life. And there's lots of people that come to church on Sunday and go home just like they came. Why is that, Brother Ben? Basically, it's because we don't enter in. Because God's no respect to person. But I have experienced sitting on a pew next to somebody that just got blessed like you can't imagine how they got blessed unless you would have been there. And they got up and went home happy, and I went home just like I came. Because my mind was everywhere but where I was at. 
Somehow or another, somewhere down the road of life, we have to learn if we want to really end it in the service and really be blessed and worship God, even in this facet of worshiping God. We're going to have to learn how to leave our troubles and our problems outside the door when we come in, come in with an attitude that I'm going to worship God this morning. And then we can go home changed from the way we come. It's just that simple. Imagine trying to make a weekly appointment to do all your breathing. Simply meeting someone on Saturday morning at a certain place and, uh, uh, where there's an oxygen tank and go down and, and talk about all the problems I had in the week and, and do all these things and fellowship and then finally at the end of it, uh, 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 go and breathe for do all your weekend, weekly breathing. You couldn't do that. It's not possible to do that. But that's the way the enemy's got a lot of God's people thinking about worship, that, that I'm to go to church on Sunday morning, and, and I'm to get into worship, and, and when I get into worship, it's going to cure all my problems. But it's never going to cure your problems just coming to church and, and, and raising your hands and, and singing a few songs. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be meaningful to you. It's got to be something that we look forward to because we're already worshiping God. See, if you're saved this morning, if you've been forgiven from, from all your past and you're serving the Lord and following the Lord, you are to worship God from the time you get up until the time you go to bed. And when you're sleeping and dreaming, you'll be dreaming about good things about the Lord. Our life ought to be about our Father in heaven, the great I Am. As small as I am on planet Earth, he still has me on his mind daily, hourly, minutely. God never forgets about you and I. He always thinks about us, and he's always looking out for you and I. Worship in church is essential, but it, so is your personal, ongoing worship. Benny Hand said something one day was so profound to me, and it, it shouldn't have been, but it was so profound to me, it, it just shocked me, and I just stood in awe for a little bit thinking about what he said. He said, I wake up in the morning, and he said, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for me this day? And I thought, wow. The first thing out of his mouth now, the first thing on my thought when I get up, and, 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 and I mean, I'm probably not the only one, but I've got a coffee pot, and I've gotten domesticated, and, and I've got past Mr. Coffee, and I've got one that uh, you put a little cup of coffee in it, a, a little package of coffee in it, put the cup on it, mash a button, and out comes your coffee. I mean, I know how to start my day off physically. And the older I get, the more I like my coffee early in the morning. So I get up sometimes, I'm sorry to say, folks, I'm being honest, I think about a cup of coffee first. Isn't it amazing how we, we program ourselves to do certain things for the physical person, but we leave off the most important thing in it, and that is God in my life. It's because of him that we breathe. The, the, the breath that you just took come from God. He allows you to have that. Believe it or not, people are praying now for rain. God knows how to get our attention. And I heard this morning that rain's on its way. May get five days of it. Isn't that wonderful? 
Yes. Our personal life with the Lord, he ought to be up front. He ought to be in everything we think about. See, because it's more, it's got to be more than coming to church on Sunday morning and, and just waiting for praise and worship to go and putting all the load on the praise and worship and the musicians and the singers up here uh, to lift our spirits. But what, what if we would purpose in our minds and our spirits that next Sunday, starting today, next Sunday, I'm going to focus on being ready to lift up praise and worship when I come next Sunday. What if I come with an attitude next Sunday that I'm going to focus on the songs and I'm going to sing it out loud. I'm going to make the devil mad. I'm really going to worship the Lord next Sunday. Our day would go so much different. Our services would be so much different. Our life would be so much different. People around us would look at us so much different because we would be different. The devil likes to bog down God's children with so many trials and tribulations and problems around us until he tries to fog our mind up so to where we can't even think straight to think about God, the great I am, the father of us all, the one that never closed his eye and he's always looking and watching out for you and I. Worship in church is essential, but it's more than that. It's got to be personal and ongoing. And you need to take it with you every day, wherever you go. You say, Brother Ben, how can I do that? Well, I learned a long time ago that I could be working on a job, on a truck, and a diesel muffler up off of it, and it's sitting there going boom, 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 and I could still praise God. I don't have to praise God so loud the world hears me. As long as my ears and my spirit is in tune with God, and I know and I'm doing it, I'm in right, my right mind. That's who I'm trying to, to, to get straightened out is me. I'm not trying to, to change the whole world when I'm praising God, but essentially if you let God change you, it'll change the world around you. Because he said, we're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. And I've got a lantern that I had out here the other day, and you know it's a lantern, but until you flip the switch and get the power from the battery to the bulb, there's no light to it, and that's what we need to do. We need to turn on the switch in the morning and say, Good morning, Holy Ghost. What do you have for me today? Who can I witness to today? Who can I shine a light on today? See, because God is the power in this lamp to illuminate it himself out to people around us. We can't do it on our own. I was thinking when I was trying to uh, uh, get this together for the day, I was thinking, and I didn't start off this way, but I was thinking about coming through the door. So many times I have come through the front doors, loaded down, loaded down, Oh, I didn't want nobody to know. I was, even before I'm a pastor, and after being a pastor, I've been loaded down too. And I didn't want anybody to know, hey, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm loaded so heavy, I can't hardly get through the doors. Mistake for every one of us. Before we come through the doors, we ought to pray throughout there someplace. If we're really Christians, and when we come to the house, we ought to be like David. Say, I was glad 
I was glad. See, because coming to worship God, we ought to be glad about it. We ought to be ready and excited about it. We ought to be ready to tell a good report of the Lord, what he's done for us through the week. Just living for God and claiming to be saved ought to be an experience of worship every day of our lives, knowing that God loved me uh, uh, so much, the wretch that I was, that before I even knew what love was, he had his son to die for you and I. Way back somewhere in God's mind, before we ever came into being or thought about being, God had every one of us on his mind. Worship him. I was glad when they said, let us come into the house of the Lord. I was glad. And that, 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 that brings a whole new thought of things when you're really glad, when you think about it through the week, and, and, and you're so glad that Friday is coming and Saturday is here, and now tomorrow I get to go to church. I don't have to. I get to go to church. That's an attitude of being glad that I'm going to be able to go to church if the Lord tarries tomorrow. You give me a church with a half a dozen people or more that'll come through the doors with that attitude, and I'll show you a church that's going to grow and going to do great, mighty things for the glory of God. I'll show you a people that uh, people will come around to see what you got that they haven't got. I'll show you people that will be that's looking for people to find that very thing that you would have. But we've got to get an attitude to realize, hey, I didn't, I didn't, Deserve what I, I've gotten. I didn't, didn't deserve getting to be God's child. God let me be his child. He adopted me, and, and because he did, I've got a home in glory. But more than that, right now, here in the presence now, God's going to supply all my needs. And I know in today's world, that's hard to grab a hold of sometimes because we've been programmed in the society that we live in that, that hey, we want everything yesterday. If, it, if it's not a microwave situation, we don't want it. In most homes, we, we cook on the microwave more than we cook in the oven, and that's all right if that's what you like to do. It just shows the attitude of the society that we live in now. We want it yesterday, but God's got his own time clock running. And he hasn't left out anybody's life in it. It is hard sometimes to sort everything out. And so what we need to do is stop worrying about everything, I believe. And, and we need to start looking here. I may read you something. Other. Hmm. Psalms 29 and 2. Or night, yeah, 29 and 2. It says, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord and beauty and holiness. God says, worship in spirit and truth, for I am spirit. We, we need to worship him in meaningful worship. Psalms 95 and 2 and through 6, uh, I'm going to read a little bit of this. Let's come before his presence with thanksgiving. How many came in this morning with nothing on your mind but thanksgiving unto the Lord? How many woke up this morning and realized this is the day the Lord has made and he allowed me to be a part of it? 
I was thinking the other day, I'm 75 years old, and I've heard about this when I knew 72, going on to be with the Lord. I heard about this one, just barely 70, went on to be with the Lord. I've heard them on the upper side and the downside, going on to be with the Lord. I'm going one day, but God still allowed me to be here. So I woke up this morning realizing that really, seriously, brother, that, that God allowed me to be here today. This is the day he made. I didn't have anything to do with it. You didn't have anything to do with it. And you won't have anything to do with it if you're around tomorrow. But you're privileged to be around tomorrow that God decided that you could be there. Now, why did God allow us to be here today? Is it just for another day to go through? I think not. God wants his lights to shine that people that don't know him will know that he is good. He is God that cares, and he's a God of our life. So I want to lift him up today. Praise God. The devil had his way. I'd have been in a graveyard a long time ago. And even before I was saved, I would have, uh, if the devil had his way, I'd have spent eternity in hell. But I got, a, I got a place in glory. I'll tell you right now, I'm looking forward to it someday. But not today. Not today. I got some work to do yet. God's still got something for me to do. And he's got something for you to do, too. Or he had already called you home. He wants us to let our light shine. He wants us to be a witness to people around us. He wants us to let people know that he reigns, that he's still in power. He's still able to meet needs, and he'll meet your need and my need if we'll allow him to do so. But we have to allow him to do so because God won't force a blessing on you and I. Let us come in before him his presence with thanksgiving. Now let us shout joyfully to him, the psalmist says. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, the maker. Praise God. Now I spoke to, uh, to some of the staff last week, and I said, we're going to try to, as ministers, we're going to try to preach to you for 30 minutes. And then I spoke about a time of closing and a time of prayer. And, and I want you to know and I want them to know that's a work in progress because we may not hit the nail on the head every day. And I'm the worst one for it. But we're going to fight, try to focus there so as we don't bore people and keep people not want to come back that's got so much going on right now they don't know the Lord. Uh, I, I could stay in church for hours listen to somebody when they tell me about the good news of the Lord. I, I, I love to hear about the Lord, but I know there's people that haven't got there yet, and so we're trying to uh, do some things different to reach out. I said that to let people know that will be speaking here. We're going to work on that. For the Lord's great and greatly to be praised. Now, I could go on there, but I want to jump off of this and take a few minutes here to, to go over and, and just let you know we were created for worship. God created us for worship. By your mercy, David said, I'll come into your house in reverence, and I will bow down towards your temple. God designed us to worship. Worship involves communion. You can't worship God without you lift him up and 
you praise me. And some people think when you say communion, it means, well, Brother Ben, we haven't had the Lord's Supper. Well, that, that's one way to have communion, but I'm speaking of communion with the Spirit, with God. I'm talking about we need to get away with ourselves sometimes and just begin to praise him and adorn him and lift him up and, and get to know him for who he is, that he's a great I am, but yet he's the father that loves you and I. We need a fellowship with him if we're going to have communion with him because God designed us for worship. We need to also realize that worship demands commitment. Commitment. It's more than just being committed to come out to church on Sunday morning. But when we come to an altar if we, and we give our life to the Lord, if we need to make him high and lifted up in our lives, he should be more than just the man that I, or the God that I come to church and they tell me about, but he needs to be my friend. He needs to be someone that's closer than a brother. He needs to be someone I can talk to and do talk to and tell him all my problems and, and let him help me with them all. It's a commitment that when, when I'm out on the job that I'm still the same person that I am when I'm in church. It's so easy when you get on a job to, to revert back to be like the gang that you work with on the job. You know what I'm talking about, that you, you listen to the jokes. You don't ever tell one, but you listen to the jokes when they, they, they could fall either way and you laugh and, and, and make out like they're nice even though you wish people wouldn't do it. But it means, commitment means that I say, hey, hold it, man. Uh, I, I can't handle this because uh, you're talking about my Lord. You're, you're messing with my mind for who I am because I serve the Lord. See, I think it's time if we're going to be really, if we're really going to worship God, we need to take a stand. We need to let people around us know that, hey, I don't do that anymore, that I've changed uh, uh, the one that I serve, and, and I serve a greater than that man that called Satan that I used to serve. I think people on the street don't have any problem letting you know who they serve. I think we as God's children in the church need to let people know who we serve. We need to be loving and kind about it, but, but, and we need to be witness for God as to who he is in our life. We need to be kind and meek, but we need to let people know God desires worship, and worship demands commitment. Meaning that, that I'm going to be the same person tomorrow morning I wake up when I'm around people as I'm going to be around you today. And then Tuesday, if the Lord lets me wake up on Tuesday, I'm going to start all over again giving God the praise and, and being the same person uh, then as I am today. Because I want this light to shine that people can see the Lord. It, de it demands commitment. And then when it's all said and done, worship requires celebration. That's what we do on Sunday morning when we get together as corporate worship. We celebrate the Lord. We celebrate the song that we sang, and, and we clap our hands, and we lift up his name and, and for the goodness that's going on now, but also for keeping us through the week out there. I remember times when I was a young Christian. I've gotten a little bolder in my old age. But I, I like to go to church, and I felt comfortable in church, and I didn't mind clapping my hand, stomping my foot, feet, feet every now and then. But when I got out on the job, 
I was pretty quiet. I didn't say too much about this Lord of mine. But I want you to know it wasn't very long before I began to look for reasons or chances to jump in and tell somebody how good God's been to me. See, he's been good to me. Devil's tried to take me out several times, one way or another. But God's always been there. He's always stayed the enemy. He's always kept him at bay. And some of you could say amen to that this morning because you know what I'm talking about. We need to lift him up. God's a God that you can depend on. He's a, he's a God that we can worship. He's good. It demands commitment. It demands celebration. If you, can't, if you don't have the victory through the week, you're never going to have the victory that you need to have when you come to church, when praise and worship is going on. But I'll tell you what, if you've got the victory through the week and you've been praising God through the week, when you get to church and the songs start being played and the Spirit of the Lord begins to gather in this place, you're not going to be able to keep quiet. You're not going to be able to keep from raising your hands or stomping your feet because you know what's going on. You know what's happening because it's been happening all the week for you that God's been taking care of you. Do you realize that every time that you go up and down the highway on a two-lane road, and when you pass a car coming your way, you come in four feet of a head-on collision every time? Maybe less. Devil had his way. He'd take some of you out before you got home today. The devil hates a prayer warrior. The devil hates someone that's faithful to God. The devil hates someone that's willing to testify and tell somebody how good God is. The devil hates someone that'll get in somebody's face and say, look, man, I know you got a problem. I've been there, but this God that I'm serving, now he's able to change your life. I know because I was going through what you were going through. I've been hung on the same monkey that you hung on, but God set me free. And if you'll let him, he'll set you free. But if you're not living the life, what light do you have to show? Oh, go on, give him praise. He demands some commitment. It's worthy of celebration. It's worthy of celebration. God's so good. The psalmist says in 94, or 92, rather, 4 and 5, it says, For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. Oh, how great are thy works. I look in my life and go back a ways. I remember as a young man carrying a bootleg whiskey bottle and having a fifth in the front seat with me and three guys. And I remember turning on a gravel road, uh, looking over to one of the guys and hit a rock in the road. And that old model A went off in a drudge ditch, a pretty deep ditch. Thank God there was no water in it. And it landed, it landed on my arm and I couldn't get out. Uh, but, you know, the devil would have loved to took me out then. But God had other plans. I remember another time... In, in the Bay Area, I had a 58 Ford, and I hit a Golden Hawk uh, as he turned right in front of me and knocked him clean out of the road. I didn't get hurt. Should have got my head busted. God can keep you when the devil wants to take you out because God is in charge. Every day that we wake up in the morning, we ought to wake up and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for this morning. 
whether it's raining, sleeting, or snowing, wherever you are, even if we was under a tree, we could still say, good morning, sweet Holy Spirit. What do you got for me today? Because he's kept you through the night. Worship. Oh, our life ought to be a, a book of pages of worshiping God for keeping us through the situation that we've gone through. I know a young man, he's not so young now, that rode a motorcycle all the time. And he rode in out one day, high as can be on substance. And he sat in the back about where Brother Roy sat, uh, Brother Bill sitting back there. And when the service was over, he almost came in a run to an altar in the old building up front. He got up sober, and he's been sober ever since. He's been telling people about Jesus. All God needs is you to say, Lord, here am I. Use me. And if you'll give him you, he'll do mighty things through you. I found out through life without the Lord we can do nothing, no matter how much we want to. But we'll just back up out of the way and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. If you can use nothing, here I am. Here I am. God's looking for a willing vessel to let him light your light. So as you can show people how Jesus can make a difference in their life. It's worthy of celebration what God's done for you and I. Worship is the submission of all of our nature to God. It's the quickening of conscience by His holiness. It's the nourishment of our mind with His truth. The surrender of our will for, to His purpose. That's what worship is. And it don't just happen on Sunday morning. It should start happening when we leave an altar to go back out into life. And when we go out in life, on the road of life, it ought to be up and down the highways of life. Everywhere we go, people should be able to see a difference in us than what was before we went down. That's worship. When people know that there's been a change in your life and it's been to the good, God designed us to worship. We need to worship him. Psalms 104, verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. Can we do this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Worship requires celebration. It not only requires it, but it's a must. God delights in our worship. Worship requires telling God how much you love him. Psalms 22 and 3 says, you Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. Tell him you, that he's your Lord. Worship requires meditation on the Scripture. Worship requires telling others how God's been good to you. Worship is driven. It's driven by our desire. And if you have no desire to tell people about the Lord, you have no worship. It's just words. Worship goes beyond words. It's who we are. It's what people perceive us as. It's who we lift up, the Lord. Praise and worship team, come on back up.
But more than that, God is worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship. Psalm 36 and 5, 7 says, Your love, O Lord, reaches the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice is like the great depth. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How precious is your unfailing love. Glory to God. Worship hopes in our internal destination. How many are hoping for the Lord to come one day? How many are looking forward to heaven? See, worship puts you in a frame of mind where it's just you and the Lord. Worship will give you boldness. It'll cause you to be humble. Worship will cause you to be bold in front of a multitude of people to stand up and just begin to give him praise. There were people here yesterday all over this place, and you this morning at one time there was, had your hand stretched up and worshiping God. You wouldn't have cared if the president came in. That's what real, genuine worship will do for you. Stand with me all over this place, will you? If you want to talk to the Lord, these altar spaces are open. If you would like Brother Ben to pray with you about any one thing, I'd like to pray with you. But before we dismiss, if you don't know the Lord that I've been talking about this morning, I want to invite you to invite him into your heart. He'll make a change in you. He'll make life better for you. He'll fix things. He can fix things between husbands and wives. He can fix things between workers and bosses. He can stretch your money where it hadn't been being stretched. He's still in the healing business. He's in the business of making people fall in love all over again. Whatever you have need of, God's big enough to fix it if you got the faith to trust him in it. Or he may not do it before you get out the door, or he might do it before you get three steps.